listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Welcome in to the Full 10 Yards podcast. It is Saturday, 22nd of September. It's early in the morning, so this could go very badly indeed. But to help steer the ship, we have a co-host. Uh, you may know him, you may hear it from a previous podcast. Lee Wakefield uh, has been officially promoted to my best friend. <laughs> and it, <laughs> Will be will be with us for the for hopefully the long term. Um, I say it's uh, it's good to have you on board, Lee. We welcome you in. Um, obviously, nothing much is going to change too much because you're on the show a lot anyway. And I'm glad to have you aboard. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's been fun so far. Uh, just hearing you know, fairly regularly, doing a little bit, um, just generally every week or so. Uh, so yes, yeah, good to like, sort of uh, extend that and make that sort of more official. Yes, absolutely. And on today's show, we're going to be obviously talking about uh, week three matches. Uh, that are upcoming uh, in over just over 24 hours. But also we're going to review the Thursday night game, obviously, uh, which has uh, you know sent shockwaves throughout the world. And there's probably many people in Cleveland that are now probably still hungover from Thursday night. Um, so we'll, <laughs> we'll review that one. Go through all the games on Sunday and Monday. Uh, and then also just uh, give you a bit more uh, on, on the fantasy side as well, giving you all the injury updates, obviously, for all the games. Um, before we do that, obviously, just want to mention that we are looking for a writer uh, for fantasy football and so if there's anyone out there listening or knows anyone that wants to get into writing no no experience is necessary if you love the nfl if you love fantasy football if you fancy giving your giving it a hand at writing get in touch with us at full 10 yards or you can get our so our personal accounts at tim underscore monk 85 or at wakefield 90 we'd love to have you on board just to uh, get a bit more information uh, give us give us a, a, a nudge on social media and we would love to to maybe get you on board but uh, with that, all that being uh, all that being said i suppose let's let's start off at the thursday night uh, Thursday night game there, Lee. Obviously, uh, the, the Cleveland Browns winning uh, for the first time in what seems uh, in, in a lifetime, I suppose. Um, it's a shame, really, now because there's nothing really to reference with the Cleveland Browns because they've actually won a game. But um, I've got obviously all my notes on it. But do you just want to maybe want to give your 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 first reaction on on Thursday night game? Yeah, yeah. So obviously, it's a result that both of us backed. Um, we both backed this um, last time we spoke. And uh, yeah, the first thing that springs to my mind is, as you say, obviously the Cleveland Browns have won for the first time in almost two years. And one thing that I'm really glad of is the fact that people now stop talking about that last win, which, which was against the Chargers on Christmas Eve 2016. So we can stop being reminded of that. <laughs> um, we, the thing that will hopefully stop is all the the tired and you know overused Cleveland jokes about not winning and you know perfect season. Quote unquote. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was a good game on Thursday night. I quite enjoyed it. Well, I did after Baker Mayfield came in anyway. Um, but yeah, the first quarter, the defense were on top. There was lots of pressure on both quarterbacks. Uh, Tyron Taylor seemed to spend more time on the floor or looking uh, upset with his passes. He opened the game with six uh, straight incompletions, which I think was some sort of record. Oh, really? Um, but the, yeah, the, uh, the Jets got into an early lead. Um, that down to a number connection looked pretty strong. And as you said uh, the other day, the Isaiah Crowell uh, revenge game, he opened up with a couple of touchdowns. Mm. And then Baker came out and it started It started to look completely different for Cleveland. Um, he even caught a two-point conversion as well. Yeah. And just, just looked, it just looked competent. Um, you know, it looked a bit turgid and a bit uh, conservative under Tyrod. Um, as much as I like Tyrod, you know, he's, he's not going to be, he's not got the ceiling that Baker's got. Um, you've seen that solid 
steady hand, but um, it just wasn't doing enough probably through the first two and a bit weeks. And even though he went out of concussion, he probably would have been replaced anyway shortly after he was there. He basically came in anyway. Mm. Uh, so, no, it's good, it's good to see Cleveland get the win. Um, it was good to see the first and third overall pick uh, square off against each other as well. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how it develops from here on for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, obviously, I think the, the main reason they put that game on the Thursday night because they were thinking maybe you know the two two quarterbacks, the two rookie quarterbacks, would go at it. Obviously, at pre-game, that's not obviously what was going to happen. But yeah, Jets go, go, you know, took an early fourteen to three lead. Isaiah Crowell, obviously, with those two touchdowns, uh, which heartbroke me a little bit because uh, I took him out of one of my my main home fantasy league. Uh, I did a big trade, obviously, which I mentioned last week on the podcast. He was the one that was cut. It came to me, and I, I took him out because uh, I didn't think he'd ever have, have a great game. Because the Cleveland front you know, run defense is usually pretty good. Uh, and to be fair, he didn't really have a good game. Crowd 16, 16 carries, thirty four yards. Just had a bit of a jay giant. Had those two touchdowns, so was uh, was smarting a bit there with with that. So I wasn't too pleased. Um, but yeah, Tyrod Tyrod Taylor didn't know he's uh, he opened up with six straight completions. But yeah, the four the four the fourteen attempts and four completed yards for nineteen yards pretty much says you all you need to know. Um, obviously went out with a concussion and obviously didn't come back. Um, but yeah, when when Baker Mayfield obviously came in, it's just, it's just like that that meme obviously with the guy that says look at me I'm the captain now kind of thing. You know he's. <laughs> it's just like you know, and also, and also, it's almost as if if that whole game was a film. Obviously, and you had the before and after. You wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised if that was a film, uh, in the way that it was kind of scripted. And um, who knows? Maybe maybe at some point in the future, it will it will be a film. Who knows? Um, I see. Um, on, on a slightly different tangent, you see that they. I think Space Jam Two has been been confirmed with LeBron James. That'd be quite interesting. Love Space Jam Number One. Yeah, it was a good film, and probably when we were quite young, wasn't it? So yeah, yeah all the kids now who are going not to probably our age back then when we watched it, they won't have a clue. They'll have to get the videos and the have to research YouTube for that the first one. Yeah, great film. But anyway, back to back to first night. Yeah, Sam Donald obviously um, had that had that rapport still with Quincy Numa, but I'm still a bit worried about him. Obviously, he's t- turned into a bit of a pick machine now. Uh, even you know, yeah, it could be said that that fourteen three lead was just as much Donald's fault as it was Baker's. Um, Obviously, the last the last interception was you know going for it inside the last two minutes of the game, but yeah, just a bit worried with him. Obviously, he didn't have have much yardage. Uh, let me just get it up. Actually, what he uh, what he had, uh, fifteen to thirty one, hundred sixty nine yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's not really good enough. I know he's obviously a rookie, but um, yeah, but maybe a, a few red flags there for me uh, for for them. Just um, not not quite sure. Obviously, what the Jets are. Uh, going at this point in the season, obviously they beat Detroit, in which could be maybe an outlier of a game. Uh, Detroit may be a bit bad, but obviously came back to earth last week against Miami, and obviously now having the uh, what's the word infamacy of losing to Cleveland Browns, uh, who hadn't won a game in 650 odd days. But yeah, interesting to see where these two get, these two teams get now and go. Uh, obviously, um, Cleveland now have the win, so they're they're one one and one. Uh, obviously, Jets fall to to one and two. But yeah, like I say, it, it, and also actually before we before we move on to the Sunday games, absolutely nailed it on my social media post. Uh, obviously, one point out on the score, uh, predicting a twenty. I don't know, I don't really know why I put eighteen as the score. For some reason, I maybe I thought they went for, went for a two pointer because they got behind uh, to make it a, a, a one score game for a field goal. But there we go. Um, yeah, tw- not not too far away. And I got my starts and sits rights as well. So yeah, very very happy with that. Absolutely. Yeah, no. very well done. Um, yeah, nothing wrong with a self plug. No, absolutely um, not, no. Yeah, we spoke about it um, last, you know, last couple of days about Darnold. I mentioned it about Darnold and his turnover uh, habit. Um, but like you said, the second one, you can't really fault him for that one. You know, you're going for it, you know, last sort of second of the game, but I just took something up there. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the first inception is a bit back breaking, and that's just 
it wasn't early, which is what his, his habit has been. But yeah, he's got to cut that out. He's got to cut out of the turnovers. And I think both these teams are in the ascendancy. Um, and I think they're both going to get better than they are. But yeah, uh, yeah they've got a bit of growth to do, yeah. uh, especially at the quarterback position for the New York Jets. Yeah, ne- next season, I think you can expect these two teams to <sighs> not... not... Do, do really well, but you know, you know, be be on the edge, trying to on the outside looking in and, and, and knocking that door down. Uh, one one takeaway I do actually have from the game: Robbie Anderson, fantasy football, drop just drop him. He's fumbled twice now in the season. Uh, he's not getting a lot of receptions. He's not really getting a lot of looks. He's not getting a lot of yardage. Um, and I don't think the the offense kind of system kind of suits him at the moment with Sam Darnold's maybe dink and dunk, which is obviously why Quincy and is getting what he's getting. Not to say it might change in the future. Obviously, when you know Josh McCown was catching a lot of bombs off of Josh McCown last season, uh, was Robbie Anderson. But um, for the moment, I think obviously some people would have invested some some high drafts, uh, you know, sixth, seventh, or eighth round kind of picks in him. Uh, obviously, a bit lower due to the suspension that we all think maybe maybe could be coming. Uh, but I think it's probably safe to say that we can we can drop him now from our fantasy football teams. Uh, any any fantasy football takeaways for you? Uh, not really. Uh, David and Joker's obviously had a bit of a, a slow start to the season in terms of production and box score, but he's had quite a lot of targets. Yeah, he has. Um, I think once Baker comes in, the, the offense becomes a bit more expansive. Um, so obviously, he, he was. I think he was mentioned on commentary. I don't know how, how much you watched of those night games, but I, I watched it back yesterday morning, mm. and it was just visibly. Um, it was just quite visible how different the ball came out of Baker's hands as opposed to as it came out of Tyrod's hands. Yeah, it just had an extra zip on it. I think that sort of will lead to more vertical offense um, and more expansive plays. And I think Njoku might um, profit from that. Yeah. So I think he could come out in the next few weeks um, after a slow start. Mm. Yeah, no, certainly. Um, okay, let's uh, let's move on to the Sunday games then, Lee. So uh, let's start off with the potentially the biggest blowout of the weekend: Buffalo, the Norton Two Buffalo Bills at the One Zero and One Minnesota Vikings. Handicap line here is sixteen and a half. Over under is forty point five. Couple of injury notes: uh, Davin Cook is out with a hamstring injury, which is a bit of a surprise to me actually. Um, because, you know, well, I know he's been struggling, but uh, I was surprised to see him officially ruled out as early as he was. It's usually a game-time decision and then ruled out kind of kind of job there. Deshaun McCoy, obviously, with the ribs uh, is questionable, but it looks likely that actually he's going to play. Um, but again, against this Minnesota team, this Minnesota defence, uh, I don't see him getting getting very much production at all, nor do I see uh, a lot of production out of this Buffalo Bills uh, team from, from both sides of the ball. Could be an absolute mauling here early. Yeah, no, I think it will be an absolute walkover, to be honest. And to say that they're, you know, 16 and a half point favourites just says it all really, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, even with Dalvin out. Um, like I say, yeah, I was a bit surprised at that. It's quite early to rule someone out, especially someone as important. You know, you think some people might want to keep their card because of their chest. Mm. Uh, but maybe they're being a bit complacent. And, you know, it's, maybe it's the quote unquote only Buffalo kind of scenario where they think they're going to win anyway. So they don't, it doesn't really matter on that regard. Um, it's bad news for me because I've got. Uh, in our dynasty league, we've, I've got um, I've got Dalvin Cook. So uh, yeah, my running back options become thinner, uh, and they weren't they weren't <laughs> they weren't doing too well anyway. So yeah, I, bad I got, one for me. I got a name. But, um, yeah, I got I got, I got a name for you. CJ Ham. He's going to score a touchdown. Oh yeah, he's like he's like Minnesota's third running back or something like that. Oh, he's like the full he's like the fullback that just randomly gets touchdown okay. like one touchdown a season. So I, I'm I'm calling that this is his game. I think you get a really good price on that as well. Um, we'll, we'll talk to Adam later about our, our long shot touchdown in time goal, uh, t- TD scorers. But yeah, CJ Ham, get on it. Um, get, pick, uh, pick him up off the waivers. I've never- <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think the, I think the um, obviously Tavius Murray is the guy the uh, is going to 
get the bulk of the carries there. But Mike Boone, I think, uh, is the other is the other guy there, and the other guy that behind him, uh, his name escapes me. I'll have to have a look and go and go back and have a look. But um, he was added to the injury report as well, Mike Boone. But I think he should be okay for backup duties there. If you were, if you were, if it's that thin on the waiver wire, go go for Mike Boone because you know it could go out. To like a twenty-one to nil, twenty-eight to nil lead, quite quickly, uh, and then you know third strings might come in and still give Buffalo a good game, uh, unfortunately. But um, yeah, don't hold up much hope for, for Buffalo. Uh, Michael Murphy or Marcus Murphy for the Buffalo Bills uh, might be one to watch uh, for DFS or a bit you know, in the deeper leagues. Uh, if McCoy struggles early on, uh, he could get a few bit of yardage, and he catches out of the backfield as well, Marcus Murphy. So for Buffalo. But yeah, I don't really accept anything other than a, than a big Minnesota win there. I know quite a lot of experts actually are taking Buffalo on the handicap just because it's the how big the line is. But oh my God, no, I'm not taking Buffalo at all ever. So I'd, I'd be taking Minnesota on the, on the on the handicap there if I was having a bet. But um, hmm. No, the, the Chargers obviously beat them by 10 last week. Um, yeah, yeah, garbage time. It was garbage time. Yeah. Uh, Slipped down at the end. Uh, which would have made it, you know, a seventeen point win just for the Chargers and Minnesota are a better team than the Chargers at the moment. So yeah, I'd take them even with the handicap. Yeah, obviously Buffalo is better than both of them. No joking. Um <laughs> <laughs> winning by thirty seven or something. But uh, let's let's move on. That's uh, way too much time to be talking Buffalo uh, Buffalo Bills games. Uh, Cincinnati at Carolina. Cincinnati obviously two and uh and Carolina the one uh, one and one. Carolina three point favourites here at home. Joe Mixon obviously out. Tyler Eifert is actually fine, which is surprising considering we are in week three. Gio Bernard expected to get the bulk of the carries. Uh, he, he was also on the injury report as well, but managed to put in a full participation on Thursday. I think it was, or maybe Friday. The over-underline here is 43. Quite a few injuries here on the defence for Carolina. How do you see? I, I quite fancy Cincinnati to, to come in and upset the Carolina Panthers there. Cincinnati, I think, have also some some injuries. Billy Price, I think, is, um, is a bit... Doubtful to play for this one. Obviously, the I think he's the centre, isn't he? Um, but yeah, I, I see Cincinnati winning this one. Obviously, the the secondary for Carolina is not the greatest. Uh, how how do you see this this one playing out? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with you. Um, even with the even with the handicap, I'd go for Cincinnati to come in and cause a bit of a uh, a roll. Have a bit of a road win. Um, yeah, they're going to take control of the AFC North if they win this. And I think that's a big carrot dangling in front of them. Um, like you say, the Panthers have got a few injuries, um, and that could mean that Tyler Boyd would be a decent sleeper in that secondary I mentioned the other day. Um, if they're going to concentrate mainly on AJ Green, he could be on profit. Yeah. Um, you could have an outside chance of John Ross in this as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd go with I'd go with the Bengals as a form team. They've got something riding on it. To um, you know, they they've obviously not won the AFC North for quite a while. Pittsburgh's been dominating in that, and they've had a really slow start. And then to, to gain that advantage with uh, Pittsburgh later obviously they've got a bit of a tough, tough game uh, on paper perhaps mm. uh, so yeah I think Cincinnati will come out of this with the win yeah, that you said mentioned there, John Ross. I think he he's due he's due a massive game. Obviously, he's not really seen much look. Uh, he's, he's scored a touchdown or two, um, and, but not really seen many targets. But that Carolina secondary is not great at all, and John Ross can well, could actually burn burn the, these lot, and it could turn into a bit of a shootout. Actually, Carolina aren't actually that good, uh, in my opinion. But Christian McCaffrey's going to get going to get fed uh, more than I do at Christmas. Um, but yeah, John John Ross. Uh, could burn, could burn that secondary and, and have a monster game. He's he's due a blow up game, and I know everyone's starting to side with Tyler Boyd, uh, but I'm going to play the contrarian view there, and, and I'm going to stick on the John Ross bandwagon. Uh, he, this type of game here where he could have two touchdowns, hundred yards, because um, you know Cincinnati are in good form, defense is decent. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd really fancy Cincinnati there to cause a bit of an upset, uh, but I'd also like the overs there. I think uh, on the on the totals. 
Uh, moving on to Denver at Baltimore. Both teams here 2-0. and Maybe one team uh, more fortunate to be 2-0 and than maybe the other. Uh, the one question mark here for, is CJ Mosley the, uh, on, the, on the defense there for Baltimore. Baltimore, five and a half point favorites. Total uh, points, 44.5, Lee. Five and a half point favorites, that's quite interesting. I, I think Denver will win, but I don't think it will be Ooh. by that big a margin. I think it's going to be a quite a close one. Denver, um, Denver winning. Although I can't, the, can't see it. Sorry? I can't see a Denver win myself. Please, please divulge. Oh, I just think they, I just think they'll come out with this one. I think the Ravens, uh, it's a bit of a test to see what the real Ravens are. To be honest, obviously they beat the Bills, but then they lost to the Bengals, and obviously everyone's going to beat the Bills this year. Um, and then they came out uh, against the divisional rival, and they they got their ass handed to them, really. Oh yeah, sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, that on the podcast. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Obviously, um, yeah, one and one. I've got them down here as two and zero, so that's my bad. I'll have to edit that bit out. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Baltimore one and one. Yeah, it's a it's a funny one actually. Yeah, Denver, Denver are very very lucky to be to be two and zero. I think they're a bit fortunate. I mean, they've had two home games to start off, so obviously now it's their first away game. Uh, Travelling. I know Baltimore's not too. Well, yeah, it's, I suppose it, in the in the grand scheme of things, it is far enough. Um, but you know, they struggled to beat a Seattle team that, that is quite poor. Uh, on on offense in terms of offensive line and you know Denver should have taken care of them quite easily and, and again Oakland Oakland and Derek Carr on the offense did pretty much what they wanted with that the, the Denver defense um, so I do question a bit how good the Denver defense is um, but I just think Baltimore are usually a strong home team uh, so I, I you know interesting there that we that we go quite contrarian and I, I thought five and a half points was probably about right but obviously you'll be taking Denver Denver plus five and a half then. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't think it'll be as close as that. I think if you were betting, you'd bet with the with Baltimore uh, for the handicap for the, the points. But I do think Denver will win just straight up. Mm. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really high on the Baltimore Ravens. To be honest, obviously, I think you are a little bit higher on me, higher than me on them. Um, so yeah, I think it just comes down to opinion, really, just how you see both teams. Obviously, I don't. I would like Baltimore to win just because Denver and uh, the Kansas City Chiefs two and zero, and my charges are just lagging behind there. <laughs> uh, just moving on to the starts and the sit. So obviously, I mentioned uh, Philip Lindsay on the other day. Um, if you pick him from waivers, you did it for a reason to so get him in your lineup. Yeah, he's a hot hand at the moment, so get him in. And then just for the other side, we've got a little bit of a sleeper in John Brown. Uh, he's had a decent start for life in Baltimore. Um, and I think also the Denver defense could be a good pickup as well um, if you've got them. Uh, good to slot them in. Uh, they pass rush and obviously Joe Flacco loves a pick, so get them in as well, I'd say. Mm. Yeah, I suppose we're primed for a, for a bad Joe Flacco performance. He's not performed too badly in the last two games. Um, yeah, interesting game really, actually. This one on, on paper maybe it looks a bit boring and a bit gritty and... Um, Maybe defense is on top on this one. I'd probably go under on the on the total points because say Denver Case Keenum last week didn't look great at all. Uh, and apart from Philip Lindsay, there's not really too much to shout about on offense. Maybe Emmanuel Sanders, uh, but he could be bottled up a little bit this week um, if CJ Mosley is obviously there and this Baltimore defense plays like they do normally at home. Uh, but yeah, interesting game to see who obviously comes out with a win. Um, yeah, and I forgot I, was, I need to be on Denver's side obviously for our for our little side bet. But um, yeah, we'll see. Well, <laughs> we'll see how that one turns out. Moving on to probably. Uh, I wouldn't say one of the games of the week, but Green Bay at Washington. Uh, Washington, 2.5 underdogs over under underline 45. Obviously, Green Bay with a tie last week go to 1-0-1. One, and one. Uh, Washington with the inexplicable loss last week to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, very putrid display there from Alex Smith and co. 
Yeah, obviously Aaron Rodgers still questionable uh, with that knee injury. Obviously wore the brace last week. Aaron Jones back from the suspension, but I think Mike McCarthy's come out and said that Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery will expect be expected to handle the bulk of the load. Um, Paul Richardson is questionable on the Washington on the Washington side of the ball. Quite like Josh Doxson in this game. Not quite sure why. I just have a funny feeling about it. Um, I think this could be a sneaky high scoring one too. If obviously Aaron Rodgers um, plays and is near near enough hundred percent. Um, what do, what do you what, what are your feels about this one? Yeah, I think Green Bay will take this. Um, Rogers is going to be a bit limited again. He's definitely going to play. I don't really care about the um, questionable uh, designation. Uh, he's going to play. He's going to play that knee brace again. He's not going to be one hundred percent healthy, but he's going to be out there. Uh, and I think they're going to be a bit. Uh, they're going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder after last week, after they tied due to that flag that we spoke about the the flag on play Matthews, and the skins just looked a, a little bit. Uh, jet last week um, against the Colts, uh, so I'd, I'd take I'd take the Green Bay. Um, I think you're going to be you're going to be starting people like Devante Adams, possibly Jimmy Graham, uh, Jamal Williams. Get him in there while you can, because obviously that backfield's going to become a bit more muddy as Aaron Jones is sort of built back in. Um, on the other side, I would take Chris Thompson and, and no one else really from Washington. Uh, Thompson obviously getting quite a lot of receiving uh, from Captain Checkdown at quarterback. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would get him in there, uh, milking for all his work. <laughs> Captain Checkdown, love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe laugh, maybe laugh. Okay, um, yeah, not really too much else to say. Um, yeah, not really too much to say on that one. So let's move on to the Washington Conquerors of last week. Then Indianapolis. And Captain Andrew Luck travel to Philadelphia. Both teams one and one. Handicap line here is about six and a half, seven in Philadelphia's favour. Over under, which I think is a, it's a strong play under, uh, 47. I think this might be a defensive battle. I don't, I don't know, obviously, what the uh, Indianapolis Colts defence had for breakfast last week, but maybe they have the same again this week. Uh, Carson Wentz has been clear for contact and is expected to play. Um, who uh, Jay Ajayi and Darren Sproles, I think, have officially been ruled out for the game. So Corey Clement... Uh, Josh Adams um, and the other there's another guy in the backfield there which I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Corey Clement obviously is expected to get main bulk of the uh, bulk of the load there uh, in the backfield. Marlon Mack is out uh, as is Jack Doyle for Indianapolis Colts and also Mike Wallace for the Eagles. I think this would be a low scorer with this one. Uh, Carson Wentz obviously is going to have a bit of rust to shake off. Obviously he's not been he's not played for for the best part of a year. Um, don't don't know your thoughts on on how. How good he'll be coming back? Yeah, like you say, he's going to he's going to take some uh, some working back in. He's going to have some rubs to kick off. Um, the handicap would be a lot higher had it not been for the injuries and the fact that Wentz is coming back. Um, you'd think if this was sort of fully healthy squads playing each other, this would be pretty much a walk over again uh, for the Eagles. Uh, but yeah, if they if the Colts defense can step up like they did last week, then they could make it interesting. Um, they're expecting quite a lot of things to go through Zach Kurtz and Corey Clement as well. Uh, probably quite a lot of receiving on the backfield for Clement. Um, the wide receiving call for the Eagles is pretty depleted at the moment, so I expect a lot of things to go through Zach Ertz through the air. So if you've got him, obviously you probably start him anyway, if you probably use quite a high draft pick on him, but if you've got another tight end that's quite good, then I'll stick with Zach Ertz no matter what for this one. Mm. Um, sit, so I'd sit T.Y. Hilton for this one. Uh, I think they're going to be pretty overmatched. Mm. Uh, I don't like the Colts offense at all. So if you've got the Hilton, I think it's definitely a sit for him. Mm. However, a bit of a sleeper, maybe Naheem Hines, obviously Marlon Mack's out, um, and then he could be looking at some garbage time points for Indy, mm. which he could cash in on um, late on. Uh, scored his last touchdown, his sorry, scored his first touchdown last week, uh, so possibly he could back that up with another one. 
Mm, I really like T.Y. Hilton this week, actually. I don't think that uh, that secondary of Philadelphia is what everyone thinks it is. Uh, Jason Peters uh, is also questionable for the game. Um, and also, obviously, we haven't mentioned Jordan Matthews was signed during the week, uh, which could temper Nelson Aguilar uh, owners uh, for fantasy, because obviously he's a slot receiver, is Jordan Matthews, and obviously Aguilar struggled when Jordan Matthews was the primary guy there. So it'd be interesting to see that little dynamic. Maybe uh, Nelson Aguilar might be okay for this week, but going forward, could be a bit more... Uh, Bit more of a dicey prospect, uh, Nelson Aguilar. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm not really uh, looking forward to that one too much. Hopefully, the, the cops can get a win though. So let's uh, let's move on to um, let's move on to one of the games of the weekend for no doubt. Uh, NFC South clash: at New Orleans one and one at the one and one Atlanta Falcons. Falcons two and a half point favorites, fifty three point five high points total there, which I still fancy to probably go over. Uh, a couple of injury notes: Tat McKinley. Defensive lineman for Atlanta Falcons is out, uh, which adds just a long list there of the defensive players out for Atlanta. On the offense, Devonta Freeman, I think, is also out. Has also definitely been ruled out for this game. So expect more Ito Smith. Expect more Tevin Coleman. Thoughts on this one? I think uh, Atlanta. I've said on previous podcasts, I'm not actually sure how good New Orleans are on on both sides of the ball. Uh, obviously, Alvin Kamara. Uh, rushing in between the tackles has not been that, that that great, and this defense has been actually quite porous as well. So I, I think Atlanta can keep the momentum that they built last week. Uh, certainly, obviously, their successes in the red zone were was a delight to see. Um, but yeah, I think Atlanta take care of business here at home. Uh, I'm going to go the other way. Actually, I think New Orleans coming here and they think they make an upset on the road uh, in a big divisional matchup. Uh, should be a good game. Should be quite a high score as well. Like you say, the, the defense for New Orleans hasn't been good. And the defence for Atlanta is quite depleted. They've got no uh, uh, Keanu Neal and they've got no Dion Jones as well. Yeah. Which could see quite a bit of production for Mr Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Uh, obviously not had the best start of the season. But uh, I think that Dion Jones and uh, Keanu Neal uh, account for quite a lot of uh, tackles against running backs for the Falcons. Obviously they're missing, they're missing quite a lot of that aspect of their defence, uh, quite a big aspect of that defence. Uh, so I think Kamara could have a bit of a breakout game for this year. Um, but yeah, Marshall Lattimore has been um, talking in the week, saying that the New Orleans defence needs to step up. Uh, maybe it's going to be the game that they do it, and I think they can take the win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, obviously it's well known that you usually start your, your pass-catching money backs against Atlanta because they usually struggle um, against against those so yeah it certainly could be a game where Alvin Kamara gets his 20, 25 30 point kind of game in, in fantasy football but yeah should be should be a good good, uh, good game that one uh, what might not be a good game is the New York Giants at the Houston Texans both teams 0-2 Houston 6.5 favourites over underline 42 a couple of injuries here uh, Eli Apple and Olivia Vernon out for the New York Giants so it's expected Janoris Jenkins will probably cover Nuke Hopkins I really like Will, will Fuller in this spot uh, he'll be the basis of all my ideas DFS kind of teams and I'll probably have a little cheeky bet on him as well but you can find that out with Adam a bit later on in the show. Deshaun Watson kind of looked uh, a bit better last week against the uh, Tennessee Titans but obviously he's still kind of getting back into the groove a little bit really. He's not been uh, the most convincing going into week one and week two but maybe uh, like I said on, on the show earlier in the week. The, good, the remedy for a bad uh, misfire on offence is the New York Giants. Uh, obviously both bad on both sides of the ball. So I expect the Houston defence to rack up a lot of sacks. Obviously Dallas got six uh, last week. 
So Jadavon Clowley, JJ Watt, uh, Whitney Merciless should get their share as well. Obviously that defence as well is not that great. So Apple and Vernon being out. Deshaun Watson should uh, should get quite a lot on the ground as well. But obviously New Hopkins will get a bit, a bit free at some point. And, but I really like the spot for Will Fuller. Yeah, another decent shout. Um, yeah, can't like you say, can't see anything but Houston win at home. Uh, the New York Giants uh, offensive line just like a flood of turnstiles last week against Dallas. Um, and I'd expect uh, JJ Watt, Clowney, etc., to cash in, as you said. Um, should mean this could be like a bit of a get on the get back on track game for Sean Watson. It's like you say, he's not looked great after you know a lot of MVP talk last year before his injury. Uh, and he's, he's not looked like he's got back on track after his knee injury. Uh, but hopefully this is the game that gets him under, underway for the yeah. season because he's my dynasty quarterback. Uh, and if there's no other reason, then that's a good reason. Uh, yeah, like you say, Hopkins and the Texans D, obviously good big starts as well. Um, on the other side of the ball, I guess you're going to have to start Saquon and OBJ because you would have spent first-round picks on them. Yeah. But I don't expect them to have good games if you've got, if you've got a, 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 an alternative. No. With a good matchup, it might be prudent to put them in, but I guess you're going to have to start them if not. Yeah, so let's not forget as well. This is Houston's first home game. Obviously, they're away for the first two game, uh, first two weeks of the season. So, so it's the home opener. Uh, there's a couple of teams actually this year that started. Uh, they're opening two games both away, and I think there's a there's a stat out there I heard on a podcast that, you know, I think they're the record for someone uh, yeah, teams opening up on the away first two games. The, you know, the second game I think they're like over over something. So. Um, yeah, obviously the, the the home benefits of of Houston coming back home. Obviously, we might help Sean Watson got their own their own fans there as well. So yeah, I fully expect. I'm not saying that they'll cover the six point five spread there, um, but certainly they they should uh, beat a sorry a sorry New York Giants uh, offense and defense, I suppose. Um, so yeah, moving on to uh, Oakland at Miami. Oakland managed to snatch obviously defeat out of the jaws of victory last week against Denver. Uh, in the divisional game there, Miami taking care of business in the divisional game against the Jets, so moving to 2-0. and Oakland obviously now 0-2. Uh, Miami three-point favourites over underline is 44.5. Not really excited about this game, not really have any interests, uh, either in fantasy or from a punting perspective, but I don't know if, that, if that's uh, different for you. No, it's not, it's not a game that's getting me excited, to be honest, and I don't really like to say that because we should be excited about all the games, but I'm just not. Yeah. Um, obviously... As a Chargers fan, I want to see an open loss. Uh, I think it will be. I think Miami on form, obviously, 2-0. I think going into 3-0, the big boost, if they have any sort of wildcard uh, ambitions. But they'll be, although they have had quite an easy start to the season, uh, it gets a lot harder in the next four games. Yeah. They go Patriots, Bengals, and then Bears in Chicago. I think that might bring them back down to earth a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, to start out 3-0 is obviously a big boost uh, for anyone's, um, anyone's season. So yes, starts, uh, Kenny and Drake, Kenny Steele has been going big, uh, and Amandola from PPR, he's been getting most of the reception. And then on the other side of the ball, obviously after last week, over 100 yards, he's feeling brave, popping a mark, um, and see if Oakland can uh, get the victory, if he can get a lot of catches. Yeah, I'd say I probably, like, probably like the under in this one, but it could be one that quite easily goes over. Um, but yeah, I'm not really excited about anyone for fantasy on this side. Um, I have Marshawn Lynch in a couple of leagues, um, so I'll obviously be playing him, firing him up. Uh, he was one of the steals of the draft, uh, according to a- ADP, in my opinion. But yeah, no, I don't get excited about Kenyon Drake. Uh, Frank, Frank Gore is obviously again there ciphering, or ciphering carries, but he manages Kenyon Drake manages to get in the end zone, which kind of makes it 
kind of makes it worthwhile for putting him in. But yeah, I think I think we'll move on. Uh, probably move on to one of the more exciting games of the weekend. It's got the highest uh, over underline of fifty five. San Francisco at Kansas City minus six and a half favourites there for Kansas City. Uh, I think Reebon Foster is back now for the San Francisco 49ers. but this one has all the makings of a shootout like last week uh, with uh, Pittsburgh and Kansas City. San Francisco obviously just squeezing past uh, Detroit in the end, although the uh, performance and the scoreline you know doesn't really. Didn't didn't tell you the whole story, and obviously Kansas City going into Pittsburgh last week and just blowing lighting lighting the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers defense up. Probably more of the same again this week, I suppose, with the San Francisco defense not being that great a defense. Uh, I suppose Richard Sherman's not looking forward to to facing Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins. No, definitely not. Um, yeah, like you say, uh, defenses on both these teams are definitely less at the side of the ball. I think like they has got a high score all over the book. You know it obviously by putting that. Um, what was it, 55 on the over? Yeah, 55. I think it's coming down a little bit because uh, I think everyone's waiting for the line to come down to then hammer it back up. Um, right, yeah. Because it is a but high yeah, uh, no, get, get on that. Um, I think that this is going to be a big, big scorer. A load up on Kansas players and uh, your fantasy teams. Maybe Marquis could win. Uh, if you've got even the defences, not that they're popular fantasy defences, but if you've got one of them, sit them. Yeah. And then maybe a little bit of a sleeper could be Dante Pettis. Uh, for, for the Niners, um, he's showing good route running ability. He's not getting a lot of targets, but he's going to have a break game at some point, and obviously it could happen against the Auras defense of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm still in the George Cook bandwagon as well. Obviously, Marquis Goodwin is a bit questionable after his quad injury. Should be okay to go Sunday, uh, but George Kittle is still getting a lot of targets. A lot of people maybe. Um, if you can trade for him in fantasy, maybe that that's a call to do at this point because you know some, he's not had great box score games. Uh, obviously, put quite a lot of people were high on him, so maybe worth testing the owner of that because I think George Kittle is, is due for a, a line of games where he gets some decent scores. And this is another great spot for him. Obviously, Eric Berry uh, on the Kansas City defence, I'm not sure he's going to be back for this week either. Um, but yeah, it should be certainly a high-scoring game. Maybe wait for the line to come down a little bit. Um, it's still at 55 at the moment. I've got it in front of me here. Um, but I, I know on certain podcasts, although they were American ones, that they're thinking that the line's going to start to come down a little bit because there's no money. There's no money on the overs, um, so might be one to watch there just before kickoff. But certainly should be a good game, and whoever you start in that game should get some fancy points as well. Um, just one note on obviously on the backfield. Obviously Matt Brader had his massive game, his breakout game last week. Alfred Morris kind of being overshadowed a little bit because of that. Um, so it'd be quite interesting to see how that dynamic and how that backfield shapes out in terms of touches uh, going forward. But um, yeah, I think I think you can probably start both. Uh, both will probably get a touchdown, but probably I suppose you'd be more confident in starting Matt Brader at the moment than maybe Alfred Morris. Um, Let's move on to Tennessee at Jacksonville. Obviously, Jacksonville coming off the back of the uh, win against the Patriots last week, absolutely dominating the Patriots. Uh, could be a bit of a, a letdown spot here for the Jacksonville Jaguars, although I, t- I certainly expect them to demolish uh, a Blaine Gabbert-led Tennessee Titans. Not sure if Mariota is going to be back for this one. A uh, player who is back for Tennessee, though, is Taylor Lewan. So that'll help the offensive line uh, a little bit. But Blaine Gabbert, uh, if he's in a quarterback, Jacksonville should should essentially keep Tennessee down to double uh, single single digits in terms of points scored. And if it wasn't for the uh, what was it the trick play last week, uh, the, the fake punt touchdown uh, throw from Kevin Bayard, uh, I think Tennessee Tennessee had no right really winning that game last uh, last week. But Houston didn't really show up. But um, on the on the Jacksonville side, uh, Leonard Fournette and Jalen Ramsey are both questionable. Although I think they should both be fine. As is T.J. Yeldon, obviously the backup. Uh, there, two Fournette with an ankle injury. 
39.5 is the over-under for this one. Um, and it's, it's a bit hard to know what the, the lines are for this one, obviously, with the injury to Marcus Mariotoli. Uh, yeah, I think it should be quite an interesting game, interesting divisional game. It should be quite tight, I think. Uh, I don't think this will be a blowout by any means, uh, as divisional games usually aren't. Uh, Jacksonville should have enough defensively for him to take care of Blaine Gabbert, though, but I think they'll miss Fournette, depending on the injury and the severity of it to TJ Yeldon. Uh, obviously, might miss him as well. Mm. Uh, but Malcolm Butler's statistically is the worst cornerback in the league at the moment. I think they will prey on that. Uh, you know, so get Keelan Cole in there, get Dante Moncrief in there. Um, they could take advantage uh, of their speed. Uh, I think Jacksonville's got a bunch of receivers that all run sub four four forties, so um, they could they could take advantage of that. But yeah, I think it's a bit a bit tighter than than you expect. But I do expect Jacksonville to come out with the win. Yeah, so yeah, I'm just trying to find the line. I think it's around ten. I'm just trying to find because some some bookmakers uh, don't have anything up at the moment. Uh, one to four Jacksonville Jaguars on the money line. Let me just see what they. The point spread is i think it's around 10 uh, nine and a half for, with some bookmakers maybe 10 so that's kind of the line you're looking i think that's that's indicative that blaine gabbard's going to start because i don't think it'd be 10 and a half if if mariota was there he's obviously mariota struggling with uh with an elbow injury that's causing him not to be able to feel his, too much of his fingers but yeah, let's move let's move on because as i say there's not really too much to, to bite into there but jacksonville should take care of business there um i certainly I, th I think that they'll they'll blow them out personally but you think obviously it'll be a close one so we'll see who wins that one moving on to the los angeles bowl uh chargers at rams 48 is the total over under here chargers are seven point dogs rams obviously uh taking care of business their first two games blowing out the uh pretty much blowing out the well, they, they shut out the Cardinals last week. Um, Chargers obviously overcoming a poor Bills D. Uh, poor, poor Bills D. Um, easy for me to say. I think Joey Bosa's still out for this game, Lee, isn't it? Um, and obviously Antonio Gates' uh, illness and Travis Benjamin with uh, foot injury. The only injury stuff, any injury news I have in this game. Sorry, what was that? Just broke a little bit. Oh, just, uh, Joey Bosa is out. I think still for this game. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's, he's looking at another couple of weeks. We're, we're thinking October is going to be could be another couple of weeks for him to return. Wow. It's obviously a bit of a blow. Um, could obviously do with him coming back. But we've uh, we've got yeah we've got a big test coming up this Sunday. Uh, I don't really fancy our chances this much. And obviously, if anyone's listened to me before, everyone knows that I'm quite a positive Chargers fan. Um, but I don't fancy our chances this weekend. To be honest, um, huge test of our credentials. If we can keep this close or even get a win, it'd be huge. Uh, be a big uh, statement out the rest of the league. But we're going up against the team that's possibly one of the best, if not the best, in the league. It's another quirky offense uh, that Sean McVay runs, that similar to one that Kansas City run with Andy Reid. Um, so it could be quite interesting things if we've learned our lessons from how they how they ran uh, sort of trick plays and sort of college style plays, um, and see how we cope with that. Um, it's the sort of game I think the Chargers either cause an upset or we get our asses handed to us and. Uh, you know, people start doubting us at the end of this. Um, yeah. I'm really feeling really Todd Gurley, although our running, running defence is improving with the addition of doing James Kaiser White. This is a massive test, the biggest test that we've got faced so far uh, in the one game. Um, we'll see, but I'm not confident, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I actually quite like the unders in this one. I don't think it'll be that high scoring, obviously, which shoots the Chargers down to the ground. I do think Rams will probably win. Um, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty much a, a coaching mismatch here between McVeigh and, and Anthony Lynn. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see how... 
the Chargers out outplay the Rams. I think they might need a few things on maybe special teams to go to go right, or Jared Goff to maybe throw a pick or two, uh, which would be uncharacteristic for a Sean McVay kind of approach to a game. But yeah, the, I don't I don't hold much hope for the Chargers either in this one. Uh, it'd be interesting. It'd be an interesting game to watch. Obviously, you say you know it'd be interesting to see how the Chargers match up to. Uh, you know the Super Bowl favourites, if you like, and um, yeah, I think I think they're a very good bet to to go all the way. Certainly to win the the NFC anyway, because um, that, that's a, that's also another point. Obviously, all the NFC teams you know, before the season they looked stacked with Green Bay, Minnesota, uh, New Orleans, Atlanta, and all and all the rest of those those teams. But it's only really the Rams that have kind of held up to their to their posting of of you know stacked NFC teams. Um so I very much recommend still having a bet on the on the Rams to go all the way. I know it's only week two we're only going into week three now and things can change, but certainly at this point the Rams seem to be holding up their end of the bargain of, of being, you know, who who we think they are. Everyone else kind of having having a few question marks. Yeah, no the Rams are my preseason uh pick for the Super Bowl. So um yeah, I'd go along with that definitely. Okay. Uh moving on to Chicago at Arizona. Uh, hand, over the handicap line on this one's plus five for Arizona, which I thought was a bit was quite interesting. The over under line is thirty eight point five. Larry Fitzgerald uh, is questionable, obviously with a hamstring injury. Um, I think the storyline here for for Chicago is obviously Matt Nagy draws up the first couple of drives perfectly, and Matt Trubisky is able to execute those, and they look great. But then when it kind of goes to going ad hoc or, or going, you know. With going with the flow of the game, that's when he kind of t- tends to struggles. But this has all the earmarks of maybe an Arizona bounce back game. Uh, really, I know they've actually had nothing on offense, scoring six points uh, in, in total in their first two games, and have looked absolutely hapless. Um, but potentially, obviously, Steve Wilkes come out saying that we need to get David Johnson out in the slot and out and catching, and you know why he's needed to come out and say that and not done it already uh, is beyond me. But yeah, it could be a bit of an interesting game this one. But it's, uh, you know, judging by the points line, it's not going to be a high scorer. I'd uh, I completely disagree. To be honest, I yeah. think this is going to be another whitewash. I, I just don't see a lot from the Cardinals at the moment. Um, I think the Bears are going to come out with a win here. I think their defense and their defensive line in particular are going to be overmatched for the Cardinals, mm. who, like we said the other day, just another one of these teams that just have a dreadful, dreadful offensive line. Mm. Um, I expect this to be pretty one-sided, and until the cards show me different, I think I'm going to say that any every week. Yeah. Um, I expect it to be a pretty one-sided game here. Um, so start for the starts and sits. I'm going to start all your bears, get all your bears out there, especially your defense. Oh, and your defense, yeah. just let me put it to you. So I don't know if you are, but there's obviously going to be plenty of people out there who are. But the David Johnson owners, mm. do you start to think about trading him while he's still got some sort of credibility, some sort of you know good feeling about him? Um, so obviously if he, if he continues to just not get any or the amount of bonus points he'd expect he just becomes a bit of a force this year so do you, you start thinking about trading him quite early uh, while you might still be able to get something back for him uh, I mean it's a good question so funnily enough I'm a, I'm a David Johnson only in my main league at ho- uh, my main home league um, and I'm not, I'm not trading him because I, I think you know, despite their, their struggles I'm just getting the Arizona the Arizona schedule I think their schedule opens up a little bit now uh, obviously, they had the Rams um, last week and the Redskins was a, a decent defense. Usually, obviously, they didn't play very well last week, but they they got C, uh, Seahawks the week after, and then the at Forty Niners. So there's two defenses there that I'm you know David Johnson can get back on track, and maybe you can get you know if you're if you're a David Johnson owner and and you want to trade him, I'd probably wait a couple of weeks uh, and trade him maybe ahead of the Week Six game where they're at, at Vikings. Um, 
But certainly, I, I think uh, this this week I'd hold him just to see. You know, obviously, Steve Wilkes coming out and saying that they were going to get in the ball more, just to see what kind of that relates to and look what, what what his production is on Sunday. Uh, Chicago again. It's a tough defense, and I certainly agree that the Chicago defense is one of the best plays uh, this weekend. Uh, if, if you have them, uh, I, don't, I doubt that very much they'll be on waivers. But yeah, I think I'd hold maybe for just a couple more weeks. Uh, yeah, I am worried. I wasn't great. I had the fifth overall pick, and I, d- I didn't really have much choice other than picking David Johnson. Uh, but you know, it's not it's not worked out great so far. He's not had hardly any production from a box score point of view. Uh, he's not had the targets either. So just, I'd, I'd see what his target share is this week. You know, see how many targets he gets, and especially if, if Larry Fitzgerald is not able to go or leaves during the game, you'd expect an uptick there. Um, but I certainly, as a, a holder myself, I'd, I'd hold him for for now. Just, just maybe another week. So obviously, if this goes on, if the lack of production continues, obviously his stock drops even more, and you're going to get even less back in return. Yeah. Because I think at some point it will turn around. He's not going to be. I don't think it'd be like this all season. He's, the, the, whilst the Arizona Cardinals quite quite easily go 0 and 16 the way they're playing, there'll be there'll be some games there. Obviously, your first round pick, you want him to be scoring 20 points per week, which obviously I don't think David Johnson will have many of those weeks, to, if if any, uh, the rate they're going. Um, but obviously, week nine by, uh, it's not the easiest of schedules. But yeah, you, you're just hoping at this point that something you know. If you want to trade him, have a couple of good games and then try and sell him on the back of that. If he has a big blow-up game, maybe get rid of him then. But yeah, you're not going to get a first-round value uh, on the way on coming back to you in, in any trades. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not trading I'm not trading him just yet. Bad play. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on then to Dallas at Seattle. Seattle, another team that started with two away games, uh, are 0 and 2. Um, Dallas obviously travelling. A couple of injury bits here, but. Uh, Cole Beasley and Sean Lee on both sides of the ball there. Questionable for Dallas, but should be good to go. Earl Thomas is an interesting one. Obviously, he did miss practice on Friday due to personal reasons. And it's quite an interesting one, really, because obviously the, the talk that it was going to be traded to Dallas. So it might conspiracy theorists out there might say that you know he's not been traded yet because obviously of this game uh, in week three and you know, Earl Thomas not giving any, any away any secrets to Dallas. So it'd be quite interesting to see actually if he gets traded the week after the game. Uh, the the over under for this one is forty one and Seattle are one point five favourites. Yeah, so it says it all. It's going to be quite a close one, I think. Um, Dallas haven't been the most uh, fluent of offences so far, but I think they are just enough to overcome Seattle. Um, especially, like you say, without Earl Thomas, possibly. Um, just going back to those uh, reasons. Yeah, like you say, are those reasons that he doesn't want to play for the team that he might play for later on in the year. It's interesting. Um, I think that's going to happen. I think it's, it's going to happen um, at some point. But maybe not this season, but it'll definitely happen in the off-season if it does. Um, if it doesn't happen this, in the season. Um, however, I think it might be close because uh, Russell Wilson doesn't really play two bad games in a row that often. Um, so I'd give him a start. Um, he could, yeah, ball out a little bit. Um, but it depends on the defensive line again. Obviously, it's another bad offensive line. Uh, Dallas obviously getting the six sacks last week. Um, so I think that's where it's going to be won or lost. Really, how, how much pressure can they get on Wilson, and then how much uh, can Dak manage the game and give Zeke the ball to run through their defense. Yeah, you say, you say Alex Smith is uh, captain check down. I think D- Dak Prescott is captain handoff, to be quite honest. Um, but yeah, the, yeah. the defense yeah. <laughs> the defense for Cowboys is actually quite legit. The front seven's actually pretty good. Uh, obviously, when they're all healthy, obviously, Sean Lee, a bit questionable for this one, but I think he's good to go with the hamstring. 
Um, but the offensive line for Seattle, again, is just to be quite porous. And I, I can see Dallas getting quite a lot of sacks again. And I've picked up Dallas. Uh, this, this week, I've picked up Dallas and Cleveland Brown defences. Um, so I'm quite wondering what, you know, what what's going on with the world uh, picking up those defences because they're not defences you usually pick up. Um, but yeah, I think the Cowboys might squeak this one, but I wouldn't would be surprised if Seattle take it. Obviously, home opener, uh, usually play well at home. There's a lot of guys there on that defence and obviously on the offensive world that have a lot of pride. Um, so it'd be an interesting game. Um, I think Dallas need to win it in terms of uh, further season outlook and having any chance of making the playoffs because obviously we you know had a, ba- a devastating loss against them last year. Um, so maybe a bit of a revenge there, hopefully, for the Cowboys. Moving on to Sunday Night Football, New England at Detroit. This one, I think, could be a bloodbath, but Detroit are only 6.5 underdogs. The over-under is 54. New England obviously coming off the back of the humiliating loss there against Jacksonville last week, and Detroit having two poor def- uh, performances to start the season. Yeah, it could be another beatdown. Uh, there's going to be a few of them this week, possibly. Um, New England coming off a loss. They, they don't lose two in a row that often. Uh, never against the defense has been awful so far. Uh, so yeah, big big New England win for me. Um, what did you say the over and under was? Fifty four. Fifty four. Yeah. Fifty four. Do you think New England could do that by themselves? Yeah, they could. I mean, obviously, Bill Belichick never really you know doesn't hold up against former former uh, start met coaching members. So I don't expect him to to lay off um, at Patricia here, and that defense is not looking great. I really like the uh, the outlook here for Sony Michel. Uh, he obviously got most of the carries last week. I think this could be a Sony Michel game. Uh, I'm going to be all over Sony Michel in uh, fantasy and uh, touch touchdown score anytime. And also Rex Burkhead. I, the one person I would avoid in this one is James White. Uh, obviously Sony Michel and Rex Burkhead. Whenever New England have had two healthy uh, three healthy guys James White's always been the one to take a back seat so I wouldn't chase the points with him obviously he got a fair amount of points last week uh, against Jacksonville without obviously getting into the end zone but uh, certainly I certainly think this is a Sony, Sony Michelle game uh, but yeah should be a lot of points there should be a lot of points to, to go around obviously be interesting to see Josh Gordon obviously who's now a Patriot to see how much he is involved in the offence yeah definitely I, I don't think he'll be fully involved I think he'll be on a snap count obviously he's only been in there a few days yeah um, I saw a headline on a, an article, I didn't actually read it myself, but uh, Bill Belichick didn't really acknowledge the trade until quite late on, didn't really talk about it or <laughs> just, just even mention it at all. Yeah, well, um, that's quite interesting. Um, I think, you know, maybe 10, 15 snaps, Josh Gordon, I can't see it being much more, mm-hmm. even though that wide receiver call is not um, the prettiest at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, maybe quite a lot for the running back out of the backfield, maybe quite a lot for Gronk. Um, I can't see anything for Detroit, so sit everyone that you've got. Detroit. I think New England's offense could be on the field quite often, and I think it's going to be quite a big one. Maybe the biggest win of the weekend. Yeah, really. See, I disagree a little bit. I think Stafford Stafford has, has performed quite well. Um, obviously, played well last week. The New England defense is not that great. They're usually slow starters, so I think it could turn it into a bit of a shootout. I think maybe New England get ahead early, Detroit claw it back a little bit, and then New England just um, kind of just surge ahead a little bit. But I, th- I certainly think Marvin Jones could have a massive game. Kenny Golladay's obviously played well first two weeks. I think there's a lot there on the offense side for the pass catchers. Maybe not the running game. Um, for for Detroit because they they might get down big early and they won't run the ball. Uh, be interesting to see actually the Kevin Johnson snap count and and touches there in the backfield because I think he's starting to 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 ascend uh, into the number one spot there. Obviously, Legault Blunt got ejected last week as well, so um, I think there should be quite a lot of fantasy points here as well uh, in in this game. Fifty four probably a bit rich for me at this moment. If it was maybe around the fifty mark, I'd go over. Uh, but obviously, Sunday night football should should have a lot of points there. Uh, I'd probably take New England uh, on there on the spread. So all that leaves yeah, us. I think, oh, go on. 
Sorry, I was just going to say, I think you are right in what you're saying. Detroit have got some good players uh, on the outside. Got Stafford, who I'm quite a big fan of, to be fair. But I just think this, like you say, with Bill Belichick playing, one of his understudies, I think just New England is going to be so on it. And I think they're going to step up. And I think they're going to have one of those games where, you know, operationally, um, amongst them, they're, they're greater than some of their parts. Yeah. Uh, as a lot of Bill Belichick defenses are, um, and I think yeah he'll he'll want to he'll want to put one over his uh, his uh, older coach. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so final game left to do. Bit of an interesting one this one. Uh, Pittsburgh at Tampa. Pittsburgh at zero one and one. Tampa Bay. Who would have thought it two and zero? Over underline for this one fifty three and a half. Tampa Bay just one point under underdogs. Which at the start of the season. Uh, You'd be t- you'd be taking Pittsburgh minus one all day long, but uh, obviously trouble trouble in paradise over there in Pittsburgh. And Ryan Fitz Matt, uh, Fitzpatrick is doing his thing. And one th- one thing I will say, I think whilst Ryan Fitzpatrick should be okay in this game, um, at some point the clock is going to strike twelve, and Ryan P- Fitzpatrick is going to turn back into a pumpkin. Um, but yeah, I, I quite like Pittsburgh here as a contrarian play. Obviously, everyone's on the Tampa Bay bandwagon. Obviously, everyone's buying into Fitzpatrick and Conor McGregor um, lookalike, <laughs> which was which was quite interesting. But yeah, I, I quite whilst I do think this is a shootout, so pretty much start everyone in this game. Um, I, I quite like Pittsburgh's minus one still to get their first win of the season uh, in week three at Tampa. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, whatever they what over is even if the line goes up bet on it because this is going to be a shootout yeah. um, I think the books will win though I think they'll come through this the, it feels like the Steelers are in a bit of a mess to be honest obviously this goes back throughout the off season obviously with Lev Bell's situation now they've got Antonio Brown not so much training only for one day but it's, it just speaks to the it just speaks to the in the inside sort of the locker room of the Pittsburgh Steelers I think you know obviously we mentioned it last time but Tomlin's possibly losing a bit of control there <laughs> Um, I just don't see them bouncing back, to be honest. Um, I think this is going to be a shootout. Like I say, I feel like Antonio Brown could dominate because he's going to have that chip on his shoulder after yeah. the week he's had. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be all through the air. I think for both teams, it's going to come down to how much they can complete through the air and how much, or how little, should I say, uh, Fitzmagic and uh, Roethlisberger can make errors. Yeah. I think this will come down to the turnover battle, but if you've got wide receivers for either of these teams to start them. Yeah. Uh, I would say... Stay away from the running backs a little bit. I don't expect this to be a, an on-the-ground battle. I think this is going to be all through the air, like I say, and sit the defences. For the love of God, sit the defences. Yeah, and I certainly agree. Peyton Barber's not obviously um, putting up many trees, and James Conner had a bit of a comeback down-to-earth game last week. So, yeah, no, I, I agree there. Mike Evans, uh, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chris Godwin and just Sean Jackson should all should all pretty much eat quite in, you know, wouldn't be surprised if they all got 100 yards, actually, to be quite honest, uh, with the <laughs> with the quarterback slinging the ball around. Um, shouldn't be too much too much in the way of bad weather over there in Tampa, although it can be a bit funny this time of year. But yeah, should be, should be, you know, it's one of the highest scoring games, obviously Monday Night Football, not many people will start to watch that one, uh, but it might be worth tuning into, uh, should be a high scorer, and it's not a bad way to end week three. Any, is there any, any other, any storylines of any other games that we, that we've perhaps missed, or any fancy sits and starts that you, you want to mention? Uh, let me just flip through, I think we covered pretty much everything, oh, um, yeah, just so going back to the, the Jacksonville versus Tennessee game. I just wanted to mention that I think um, as a bit of a sleeper, maybe the, this game and going forward, I think Austin Sperry and Jenkins is giving uh, Jacksonville a dimension that they've not really had. Uh, Blake Ball has got that big target over the middle. Mm-hmm. I think he's uh, quite a decent pick-up um, moving forward. I think he could have a decent game against Tennessee. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I don't mind that at all. Uh, I was just looking at my DFS, one of my DFS teams to see if there's anyone I hadn't mentioned. Brandon Cooks, I think, will, will score heavily again this this week. Um, he seems to be a focal point of that passing attack. Obviously, Gurley's there as well, but I think they, Sean McVay's made a point of getting him involved. He's obviously pulled, he's, he's, he's performed quite well uh, the first two weeks as Brandon Cooks. So, um, yeah, that, I think that pretty much covers all of week three. Um, we'll be back, we'll, later on in the show, we're obviously going to be joined by Adam. And we also have a, a special guest, Roger, to to go over the officiating uh, over the first two weeks to, to to talk about some of maybe the contentious decisions and some other things that he's noticed in the first couple of weeks there. But I think, Lee, that pretty much wraps us up for week three. Yes, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to sitting down Sunday evening and not moving for a few hours. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, let's say we'll be back probably uh, early part of next week to go to recap all the games. Sound good? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Lee Wakefield there, obviously breaking news, our new co-host, so you can look forward to him and I going back and forth each and every podcast. I've actually decided to split this podcast uh, week three into two. Because uh, we also have another special guest. Uh, so on podcast number two, we're going to have uh, Roger Goodgraves join us uh, to talk about the uh, officiating over the first couple of weeks and also um, some interesting stories that he has uh, from his travels uh, that have happened quite recently. And in the second part of the podcast as well, we're going to be doing uh, the tips with Adam Walford from Touchdown Tips. And of course, the uh, well-renowned Kicker's Corner there for your week three locks and sucks. Uh, kickers so that's going to do it for this uh, segment of the podcast this is part one so um, go over and download podcast two where you can get all of our uh, tips for the week and also those extra segments in there as well so hopefully uh, we can expect you and look forward to having you there but for this episode uh, in the great words of Kevin Cadle it's bye bye for now for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 yards at gmail.com